laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion, and love with passion, and are passion, who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution, who would rather die than fall in line to conform, who constantly challenge the norm, who greet each and every day as if just born, I say to you, I know your greatness, the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact, and in fact, I know it best when I say to you, I love you. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. This is Carl, uh, I, I, Mike's friend. I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and the way champagne tickles my nose. And, uh, I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, duh, duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on you. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. It's not a feature-length movie. It's a full-length movie. Now, whoever heard of the expression feature colon length? It's full colon length. Right. Of Uh-oh. course. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We are streaming right now, first, live here on mutinyradio.fm. That is, we're not actually airing live. We're streaming here first, but you must be alive to experience it. And you can by going to mutinyradio.fm and listen every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're right after What's Really Happening with Luke. Uh, and it's a great, great station, and there's a lot of great shows, a really snappy new website. So check it out, uh, and you can subscribe to many other channels. So maybe uh, you can listen to us through Muni Radio. Yes. How's another way you can listen? You could download our podcast by typing in our acronym. Carl, what is that acronym, again, for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube? It is Lawaflamot. So easy to remember. It's the initials L W A F L M O Y T. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. L W A L M O Y T. And what if what about our YouTube channel where we sync up the movies and with our podcast and post it? Okay, well the YouTube channel's uh a little bit the same. It is L W A L M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. Perfect. <laughs> it's so easy. So those are our ways to check us out. And, of course, we have a Facebook page called Let's Watch Full Night Movie on YouTube. Carl, what is the movie we were watching on YouTube today? Today we will watch Massacre at Central High, 1976. Massacre at Central High, 1976. The channel we like is Flippin' Retro, all right? Flippin' Flippin Retro. Flippin' Retro. Okay, so type in Massacre, that's Mass Acre, at Central High, uh, H-I-G-H, 
three, said? Six, six. They six, 76. Now, Matt, you're right. It's it's mass, like M-A-S-S and then acre, A-C-R-E. Yeah. One word, massacre at Central High, H-I-G-H, 1976. Flippin' Retro. Flippin' Retro is our channel. Subscribe. Yeah, it's actually there's some great stuff on that. So go ahead, find that link, click it, and hit pause. We want you to move the timer to zero, zero, zero. When we say go, you're going to hit the play button, listen to our podcast, and watch the movie on mute at the same time. Now, this has a lot to digest. We're really excited. Our comedian, celebrity comedian countdown is happening right now. Yeah. Carl found the best comedian in the whole world <laughs> to do the countdown. So let's hear this guy or this woman's story and uh, then watch the movie. We'll see you. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Pam Benjamin. Yay. Yay. Now, we stream every week live, allegedly, on Mutiny Radio. And that's why I'm so happy to have you on. You are our home base. You are Mutiny Radio. Tell me, how did it get started? Well, it was literally a mutiny. There used to be a different owner type person mm -hmm. and it was called Pirate Cat. And then all this crazy shit went down. And then there was a big mutiny and we all became a collective. And you know how a collective works? Like one person does all the work and then everyone takes the credit. <laughs> and so I was like, this is not the way this is happening. And they, everyone wanted to disband it and they wanted to move it to someone's garage. And I was like, we are not leaving a storefront in the mission, in this beautiful space, no way. And so I just said, okay, I'm gonna take over. And everyone was like, all right, good luck. We'll see if you can do that. And yeah. that was in 2013. So it's been eight years that I've kept it afloat. Yeah, and you really have kept it afloat. There's been tough times that you've weathered, right? Yeah, it's it's always been a struggle financially to keep like a free speech. It's hard to get money from the government to fund free speech. But um, you know, I'm a hustler. <laughs> so uh, I beg a lot for money and um people pay their dues sometimes. You do. You guys are great. And you know, I wish I could sell drugs, but it's illegal. There's schools like 400 yards away so I couldn't oh, turn it into a pot dispensary yeah. like I wanted that was the dream I was like I'm turning this into a pot bakery and I, I couldn't do that yeah you'd uh, be in triple trouble if if schools are close by because uh it like it, it increases the sentences not that I know what I'm talking about but just being <laughs> in that neighborhood right yeah well it would be that neighborhood actually needs something like that it needs dispensaries are way far away you got to walk all the way up to mission mm -hmm. but um yeah, I don't know how I start talking about weed. Oh, keeping the station alive. Yeah, man, I'll do anything. I do weird comedy shows now. I, I, I charge comics for open mics, which is like terribly uncouth in San Francisco. But I'm like, we don't provide anything except the stage and a podcast. So, right, can pay for that. It's worth two bucks. And that's the thing, you know, you count the pennies, I'll count the dollars. As my grandma used to say, but like two dollars at a time, it really adds up. So that's yeah. how I've kept alive. That, that is part of the way that you keep things going is having these open mics and people get to be on the radio show and there's Pamtastic 
Uh, you're a, you're really a part of the open mic scene. When I bump into a comedian from San Francisco here in beautiful New Jersey and in New York, I always ask them about Mutiny Radio and nine times out of 10, I mean, that's a solid nine. They know Mutiny Radio. So what are these open mics you do? What days of the week? I, I think it's often on the weekends. I run four now. So I have Mondays and Fridays at six and I have Tuesdays at six and Mondays now at nine, but the mutiny radio ones I do um, Monday at six is joke workshop. And I've been running it since 2014 and it's the first eight comics do four minutes and they get critique. And I run it like a graduate level poetry mm -hmm. workshop actually, except it's comedy. So everybody's really supportive and helpful and they have to take notes. And if you give a compliment or try to help someone with a critique and you're not specific, I just shut them up. I'm just like, okay, next person. So you don't have anything valuable to say. Like you can't just say, ooh, I liked it. It's like, get out of here. Um, so I'd like people to be specific. But then on Fridays, it's just an open mic, but it's a contest and I have real people, real audience come in and vote. So there's like value there for them. On Mondays, they get, you know, I'm like, I have some graduate degrees in writing. So it's not like I don't know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about joke structure and story structure yeah. and stuff. So they're getting something valuable for their $2. And then on Friday, they get to, you know, be in front of a real audience. But then Tuesdays now I do OMG and um, it's in, it's on sixth street and it's in the most savory part of town, mm -hmm. but I've got an audience to come out there now too, because the owner will give us two for one drink specials during the, um, during the show. So I've been like promoting it to real people and, and yeah. they've been coming, which is great. And then now they're having me take over Grant and Green on Monday. Like I need another open mic to run, but you know, what else am I doing? Like, and I love stage time, so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, put me out there. Grant and Green, that's the 9 p.m. one on Mondays? On Mondays uh, in the North Beach, yeah. Oh. And, and you know, it's, why do I want to open mics? I like free alcohol. I mean, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You don't have to pay me in real money. Just give me booze. That's the motivator. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and then I run, I have three weeklies that I do that are actually booked, and I pay all of my comp well i pay them to get a food item a drink item and cut of tips so mm -hmm. i really believe in paying comics in some fashion whether it's products or money or whatever but yeah you have to stop this whole thing once once you're out of the open mic scene and you start doing shows there there for a long time there was this feeling of like oh you don't have to pay comics you don't have to give them anything they'll, they'll do it for free and it's like yeah we will but isn't it nicer to feed us so I don't become raving alcoholics, you know? Um, not yeah, so raving. I, well, not raving. Well, me, <laughs> if I don't eat. If I don't eat, ooh. <laughs> right to your head. Now, you've had to deal with a pandemic, and that's just more of the struggle with Mutiny Radio. Once again, I just want to compliment you for keeping it going since 2013, for saying goodbye to Pirate, Pirate Cat in a mutiny, and you were the one doing all the hefty lifting. So when the pandemic came, you still, you had to lift more weights. How, how did you, was it, was it rough? Tell us about your experience during it. Yeah, well, after I came out of the nervous breakdown for lack of stage time, mm -hmm. uh, well, I started, the pandemic was really hard for me in the beginning because I lost my job. I had no idea what I was going to do. And I didn't think, because my other job was this tiny kitchen job and I only worked that like one day a week. Uh -huh. but sometimes two and so there, I didn't make enough money I thought to get unemployment so I didn't even get that $600 a month until I think it was 
August of the pandemic. I finally mm-hmm. applied for it. And then they gave it to me in a lump sum. And I put it all in Mutiny Radio. And because wow. that's, that's what started paying the rent was the unemployment. Mm-hmm. And I applied for a billion grants. And um, and I just I started doing outdoor shows um, on the sidewalk. And right. I would stand in front of, like when it was really bad, I would um, I would stand across the street in front of the lines of like Trader Joe's or Gus's or Safeway or whatever, and I'd bring my little portable PA and I'd tell jokes on the street and then <laughs> walk along the people and ask for money. This is, this is no joke. This is what I did. <laughs> and um, so I did that for a while, but then I started doing outdoor stuff at the station. And I applied for a bunch of grants. And the funny thing was, I didn't get any of them. I got them all in the same week in August of this year. Mm-hmm. So This year? Okay. Yeah. So I tread water. I, and I begged. I begged for so much money. And I Patreoned. And I, I mean, I don't know how I did it, to be honest. Well, no, it, it didn't make a difference. How about this? The pandemic didn't make a difference because no one ever had given me money anyways. And then all of a sudden I got the unemployment money. I'm like, what is this? And then I got the grant, the grant money. I got the PPP loan and that all got forgiven. And I was like, holy fuck, free money. Yeah. So it made it so that I didn't have to tread water so hard because like, I knew I'd thrive in a pandemic. Like I, I, I make a thousand dollars a month. Like how can I not? I was making more money in the pandemic than I was before. So yeah, good work if you can get it. Yeah, exactly. Time to spread contagion. So I know about all this stuff because I was watching it online. As you know, I was out there for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival in 2020 in March, and it was like two seconds before like the world locked down. I was I got I got my flight home. I didn't know that I was riding just ahead of the wave. Uh, I went might have got stuck in San Francisco. I don't know, but <gasps> so I've seen which isn't t- torture. So I, I've seen you on social media the whole way. Like I touched down in Newark and there you are doing the outdoor shows and everything and, and uh, the, the fundraisers and everything. And I just have to commend you on treading water because you tread so well. Thanks. Now, well, it's about, mm-hmm. well, I'll just say it's, it's about wants. And if your needs and wants are the same, then everything's fine. And most people just need too much. These needy little entitled motherfuckers. They don't need they don't need that much. They didn't even need six hundred dollars. I was like six hundred dollars a week. This is more money than I've had in what since I was a bourgeois corporateer. Like it's it's been a while since I had that much money. So okay, Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Yeah, that's what I I wanted to come back. Um it got postponed from March to what was it, October? October and it's way better in October because it's um it's my I, this year I did it in my birthday week because I was wow I mean why not just put all the stress together why not put all of my <laughs> why not be scared about everything in the same week so a failure like the the oh it's hard I was I'm failing I hate failing but it worked everything was great it was yeah. like yeah and um and it worked because it's the first time I've done it outside of Mutiny Radio I used six different venues uh-huh. um and. Everyone was happy. They all made money. I made money. I paid all the comedians. It was it was awesome. It was good. I'm really proud of myself. And I don't usually say that. I'm not usually. We'll have to say it for you because we're proud for you. Thank you. 
Because I always wanted to be better and bigger, but it was. I, I came from Jersey for the festival, and I when we were there, we were doing our show, and we were interviewing comics from Colorado. People come from all over for this comedy festival. What is it? The sixth one? You're, it's the sixth one, right? It was the, it was the sixth, yeah. And the farthest we had this year was from Maine, um, but Portland, Seattle, Texas, a couple places in Texas, Colorado, yeah, Chicago, Pennsylvania, New York. Maine is pretty from far. Boston, and then Maine this year. It wasn't as very. There were there were more in town people than there ever have been before, but you know, still thirty five people flew from all over the country. To, there were twenty two twenty two shows in seven days, and then a lot of stuff during the day, podcasts and master classes and weird shit like that. Twenty two shows. Wow. <laughs> so if you listen to this podcast, you know. That to, the way to find Mutiny Radio is uh, mutinyradio.fm, which is so apropos, .fm. Uh, where else can people uh, find out about Mutiny Radio? I mean, you can listen right at mutinyradio.fm, but you have other presences out there, social media? Yeah, well, I like, for an app to listen, I like to use this app called Radio Box, but <laughs> it, we're on that. But there's also like you can stream it on iTunes. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. But yeah, find us. I'm terrible. I'm a Luddite. I'm. It was even hard to get me on Facebook when Facebook came out, mm-hmm. and now that's all I have. I'm like I have Instagram. We have um, Mutiny Radio SF is our Insta. But I'm terrible because I'm old and I don't understand the platform. I'm like why do you want to look at all these stupid pictures? I'm not doing that, anything that interesting. Um, but my Facebook is a lot more fun because I'm. I talk about menopause a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, if you look at Mutiny Radio, we have a presence. I, I mean, I wish it was more, but I'm not one of these technical geniuses. I'm an artist. I just want stage time. I didn't want a radio station. I didn't want to do Instagram. I don't want to be doing social media. Yeah. I hate promotions. I just want to be on stage, but it's just a necessary monster to the whole. You have to, like, leash the monster of promotion to be able to have people want to see you on stage and there's no more fairy agents that are going to swoop down and be like you you're the next comic yeah. on the Netflix special that's, right. that, that's not happening no one's going to do that so i understand that you have to like you know leash your own dragon and be like la, 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 look at it here it is come pet my dragon <laughs> but i just self people will find me look for mutiny radio look for pam benjamin i'm not i'm not hiding <laughs> <laughs> okay now everyone at home is poised to set uh, press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So, Pam, why don't you take it away and give us that celebrity comedian countdown? I'm really excited about this movie because it has cheerleaders and explosions. Get your finger ready. Hover it above that button. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Wow. Did it just start with an explosion? Yeah, it's really very poor filmmaking to start with an explosion and then these like long shots. You don't, you're out of context. That's a scene that will happen in the movie and it's the very last scene. Well, maybe they show it in the trailer so they're like, you saw it. Ooh, Robert Carradine. That's now we in LWAFLMYT. We saw him in TAG. Remember T.A.G with Linda? Are you talking about the assassination game? (laughs) Exactly right. You have to be a lot bigger than that. If you want to listen to the 
if you want to listen to the Assassination Games podcast, you have to type in their acronym, T-A-G. <laughs> so you see a lot of running here, and you've got this yeah. horrible song going. Uh, yeah. The director actually wrote a kick-ass song, and the producers didn't go for it, and they went for that la-di-da song. We're looking for some more soft rap, rock and smooth jazz, uh, polished rap, and uh, oh, harmless punk, maybe. <laughs> Ooh, another explosion. Yeah. Now, this director was involved with punk. He, he was part of uh, the great rock and roll swindle with the Sex Pistols. He did the famous My Way by Sid Vicious. Which uh, aired on NBC with the sound cut on Mr. Mike's Mondo video as a, re uh, a replacement of an SNL show. Oh, and the video was cut? Okay, we're now no, going to meet Spoonie right away, Robert Carradine, uh, who okay, was so on to do Revenge of the Nerds, of course. No, and, no, uh, we, yeah, there he is. He looks really young. And yeah, our swastika drawing is impeccable. Yeah, see, those are the bad guys of the school. And so he was, like, trying to screw them, and he was trying to paint a swastika on there, but he's getting caught. He got caught. I can't believe he's, that he finally got caught. Uh, I think if you drew a swastika on a locker nowadays, maybe, like, the hall monitor would step in, or, or maybe a person <laughs> in the hall. Maybe the camera is in the hall. <laughs> well, it's part. it's in the script, so they were all for it. Right. Now, this is a massacre at Central High. Who's going to be doing the massacring? Well, we're going to meet him. He's the new student. So now they're, like, catching him and bullying him. Go ahead, clean it off. And they're beating on him right. and stuff. It's but who wants to hail Hitler? They, they don't. What? This is the new kid, David. Okay, so the bullies are Craig, Bruce, and... Um, uh, yeah, and 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 Horshack and uh, our hero is David and he's good friends with one of the bullies who we haven't met yet oh, so you're going to get Carradine off the hook no he's not Carradine's like don't hassle me man get lost see he's just like could you direct me to the such and such lounge or something you know he's so here he is again walking the halls. He's not going to get any help from anyone except no. when he sees uh, Teresa. He looks like a young Jerry O'Connell. Who's Jerry O'Connell? Oh, eight is enough. Eight is enough. The oldest sister on the left there. That's Lanny O'Grady. Uh, is it uh, Abby? It is. I don't remember. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. Because Abby was always the oldest. She is the oldest sister on Eight right. is Enough. Now, now um, Teresa, who we're looking at here, was in the pilot for Eight is Enough. David was in Eight is Enough. Almost every single actor here was in an episode of Eight is Enough. Now, the Teresa, only one was a star of Eight is Enough. The other was a pilot but had a special guest star appearance. Right, exactly, exactly. That took place in Sacramento, California. Remember, it was based on a news reporter who had a column in the Sacramento Bee, and Dick Van Patten would have a job writing for the Sacramento Bee. I don't remember that. I did watch that show weekly as a kid. I don't right. remember too much from it. 
Well, I always felt it was about my obsession with mac and cheese because I ate it enough. <laughs> I tried. I tried, Carl. I tried. Did that Notice I didn't steal that for the open mic. Um, yeah, that's how bad the joke was. You didn't, you didn't write it down. Now, this is Mark on the right and, of course, David. And they went to another high school together. <clears throat> and... Um, they used to get beat up a lot there. There were a lot of bullies. And now Mark is with the bullies in this new school. And so he's telling David, hey, man, don't worry. You're going to do well here. I got you in good. The right. You know, you could be one of the bullies like me. We could rule the school. Well, that sounds like a smooth sailing, man. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's Thank called privilege so right there. He's hitchhiking a ride? No. <laughs> That's right. He, that's why he put his thumb up. He's also saying, I've got a girlfriend. You're going to like her. And we're going to find out it's Teresa, who he just met and kind of like. Can I, can I do my impression of the director of this film? Okay. All right, hey, listen, these guys are talking. I can't hear them. Zoom in. <laughs> Zoom into the conversation. That's right. Walk closer. <laughs> Look at the camera. I just walk like two steps go to the Jeep. Yeah, this was only his second film ever. He ended up being a really influential guy. His name was Rene Dalder. And, All right, um, rocker. He would go on to do uh, a lot of stuff in CGI and virtual reality. He would be a pioneer of it. Uh, he was part of RoboCop 2, which had the first like computer animated graphics in it. Yeah, there's some crazy graphics in it. <laughs> It's a shame because Robo. Well, you know, I I recognize game, recognize game. I mean, this is it's interesting. He made this movie so early. Well, he and, was in um, his home of Holland, and he made a movie there called The White Slave. Of course, it's in Dutch, and he came here and rented a house in Hollywood Hills with his wife, and tried to make films. And this was one of them. And this one had distribution and everything. I don't know how it did. It's a very poorly acted movie, but it's got a great plot. So right now it's just, okay, it's Bruce, <clears throat> Craig, and Paul. And they're just being like, hey, we're the leaders of the school, swarmy, swarmy. It's like you hate Bruce right away, the handsome one in the middle. No, I, <clears throat> right. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is not, was this like an after-school special, or was this a theatrically released full-day movie? a theatrically released movie, and it just was not an after-school special at all. I mean, it's a horror film. It's a slasher film. Of course, there won't be any knives. It's not really a slasher film, but it's well, a, yeah. Chainsaws? Any chainsaws in this massacre? Nope. Any massacres with chainsaws? Nope. Nope. Huh. But it's a uh, murder film. Well, we saw two explosions. You don't tell me this guy knows to yeah. explode things. Well, what? I don't know where he learned it, but yes, he does know how to explode things. Do you know, listen, if I give you a gun, right, and say, all right, I want you to go shoot people, you'd be like, all right, I'll try. All right, yeah. and you're a slasher, here's a knife. I want you to slash people, all right, stabby, stabby. No, he's motivated. I was in a hot wire speaker with his car, so when he puts the ignition into it, he, the car explodes. 
What the fuck, man? Just give me a knife. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it just... Okay, now they're going to bully. You see, that's my father's car. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, my father has a 68 Valiant. I don't really know what this car is, but it sure is my father's car. And there's my dad. He's going to get bullied now. They're really going to fuck him up. Really? Your dad's going to take this shit? Well, they're going to fuck up his car, not him, but yeah. Oh, I got you. And my dad will take this shit. Your dad's not the backseat hiding? (laughs) Look at this. They're fucking up your dad's car. Well, they're saying, like, let's take it for a test drive. And David is like a reluctant partner in this. He's now one of the bullies. For the first time, he's seeing what the bullies do. So Paul, you know, a.k.a. Chin, the blonde, he's driving. And um, they're basically, let's test the brakes first. Okay, hit that garbage can. You know, they're just, of course, Bruce is leading them because he's the main bad guy. So David is our massacre. Is he like a Dexter where he's like killing evil people? Yeah, he's killing not evil, but he's motivated to kill the bullies. And then he just keeps moving on. You'll see. Because what they're doing right now is pretty shitty. Yeah, they're just fucking with the guy. They're just fucking with this car. And it kind of doesn't make sense in the real world. Bullies wouldn't well, it makes sense in the 70s real world. None of them had seatbelts, and they were driving like seven people in that car, driving off of shit. Yeah, David got in the middle. Like, I'm not having the middle seat. It was no problem because it's kind of like a couch. Oh, especially in the front middle. That's like even better because you have a better view of the uh, ambient yeah. traffic. Oh, uh, damn it. Gonna run next to grainy ocean. Now, it's important that you see David loves to run, okay? Because that'll be part of the plot later. Ooh, look at this. Blue screen makeup point. Yeah. Blue screen makeup point. Now, they've been together so long, these two, that they're really not going to be making out. They're really talking about their feelings. He's worried about David. David's not going to fit in, you know? He's, 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 uh, it's not going to be. Is there like another? Is there a car behind them? Hong Kong playing through. Hey, doesn't it hey. look like a uh, painting? Oh, they're doing a 360. I thought this was a blue green screen, but it's it must be the real grainy self. Being as it was filmed in the first three, first four weeks of uh, early 1976. Hey, eight is enough, girl. Hey, Abby. Now the one and featuring Grant Goodwell. The one in the center would go on to do a lot of work for Joan Jett, like singing on her albums and singing on tour. Really? Yeah, backup singer. Nice. That must be fun. She, her name so is... everyone went on to do better things, right? No. Television, no. Career, no. CGI, yeah. rock and roll, anything but movies. Yes. Okay, Lanny O'Grady, the Eight is Enough lady, she did not... Yeah on to have a good story at all okay this is oscar and he's fat because he had to he gained 30 pounds for the film he was supposed to be the fat guy and the director was like well can you get fat he goes okay and he he gained 30 pounds now look they got a knife in him you're gonna climb this rope damn it i know it's crazy reminds me of my gym class david doesn't like it 
Yay, he went higher yeah. than he ever did. They're just bullying for no reason. Uh, Carl, shower, shower scene. Mm-hmm. Yep, tidy whities That's how I used to play. Mark gets to show off his uh, body here. Mark was married to, his name is uh, Andrew Stevens, and he was married to Kate Jackson, a, a, a Charlie's oh, Angels. Charlie's Angels. Yeah, and in the heyday, 78. They were divorced in 82 because she was, like, off the air by then. Oh, I know. That probably wasn't the reason of their divorce, but it's a good fact. Oh, look at this. They decided not to knife him after all. <laughs> they didn't knife him because he climbed the rope. Um, Andrew Stevens, you know, Mark was a, a big flirt, apparently, on the set with, like, several of the female extras. I don't uh -huh. know. He went on to become a producer. He did the whole nine yards and the whole ten yards, and he did the sure. applause. Um, you so know, they, they reje he rejected my prequel idea. Yeah. <laughs> The whole eight yards. The whole eight yards. Yeah, he would step into my office because you're fired. Who would want to get abs? Listen, you know the movie analyzed this. Yeah, go on. And you know the sequel analyzed that. Uh huh. B. Well, here's my idea for a prequel. Analyze. <laughs> yeah, step into my office. Yeah, my office. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> Uh, they kind of have bell bottoms, if you notice. They're not really bell bottoms, but they're like grunge bottoms. They're, you know, wide. You see how it bells out? It's not a bell bottom, but it gets wide. It's real seven. Yeah, my babysitters have those pants. So Mark is like, "Come on, guys, let's go do something." And they're like, "No, thanks." Both the girlfriend and David. You could tell there's a bummer vibe going on. He's like, "What's wrong with you two? Right. So then Bruce shows up and goes, we got to talk. And David goes, sure, talk. He goes, no, not here. You know, not it's like, the have to talk. Look at the bell box. on the tree. We said the Levi's Gap store. Goodbye, so more bell bottoms. Now we get, like, Teresa, the girlfriend of Mark, kind of, like, bonding with David. And they're talking about how they don't like the bullying. Like, I've hit, I hide behind Mark, and, you know, maybe, how come nobody does anything about them? Maybe somebody should. Maybe you will, David. You know, we're getting <laughs> precursor. Oh, uh, I just need an excuse, that's all. I really don't find this to be like a horror film or a slasher film. I think it's more just like a story and in the story there will be murders but it's not really so, done to be sensational like horror now how can i tell when david snaps like is he gonna start acting or like blinking or maybe he's gonna <laughs> he's very stoic like he'll have he'll have uh ticks and and uh well okay he's gonna get his they're gonna hurt him pretty bad he's gonna go to the hospital you'll see he he turns he turns oh Oh, oh, and he's a runner. He's going to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. So now they're like, your friend David, he ain't with us. No, he's with us. He goes, fucking no, he's not. You better talk to him. He goes, yeah, were, they in the, were they in that black van with the round circles? Yeah. That's a snazzy fucking big-ass van. Yeah. In the 70s, that wasn't creepy because it had just started. Okay, so somebody's going to come in and go, everybody out! 
out of the pool and they're all gonna leave like sheep oh right oh and then they're gonna beat up on david see david claims this is his pool because his father gave the money to make the pool so he's like not david um bruce so he's like david's new new in town everybody out so now this is uh his first attempt david's first attempt to say come on we need to do something about these guys and you know spoonie's like me little old me look i mean i'm in tv shows i I, i'm gonna have this gig called revenge of the nerds but that's years away i can't that's years from now i gotta do tag first i gotta be on my brother's kung fu show right I like Keith Carradine. I, I know we've done other films with him uh, mm-hmm. where he was in there, but he just seems like the funniest Carradine. Hostage Hotel we just did. We didn't quite Yeah, do. that's right. That's yeah. right, the Bruce, uh, the, the, Burt, the Burt Reynolds movie. Now, here's my dad without a car because they fucked up his car. And he sees Dave and he associates David with the bullies. So David's like, come on, man, I'll give you a lift to school, dude. Everything's cool. He's like, I ah. wrote his car. I don't know. You fucked up my car. By the way, this is David's real car in real life. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, no seatbelts, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. No, there weren't seatbelts. David was, his real name is Daryl Morey. And he did a lot, a lot of TV. Happy Days and WKRP in Cincinnati. And of course, eight is enough. A lot of TV. Oh, One day yeah, time. Right. But that kind of dried up, like... I don't know. I wish I could interview him because in 81, that was like his last TV thing and he went away. Now, he was with the Nick, Nick Nolte in a film called Who Will Stop the Rain? But again, that was 78. Right. So, now, in 2009, he was in Hobgoblins 2 and he was in Wasteland in 2011. I mean, he's still around, but something changed. He... uh Interesting. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a like Chachi. Why did he go away? (laughs) Oh, he was in season four of Joni Loves Chachi. How come no one saw that? When he was a kid, he was in TV commercials. He used to fight with his brother, so his father sent him to stunt school, and he will use some of that skills. Actually, stunt coordinating a a scene in this film. who, that's probably how he got this car. He was like, stud man union. Okay, give him the cool car. Oh, no, there's yeah. his car. This, that's Bruce who showed up in the cool car. Okay? You saw it a, cool. a red... A red yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is so funny. We haven't seen a single adult, but in all movies, when even when they have high school kids with adults, the, the parking lot is always filled with kids. Like, kids have, like, a, a sweet-ass car or a sweet-ass van. Right. Like you're a fucking junior in high school. <laughs> you don't really have your own car, right? Yeah, all these guys are in their 20s and they're playing high school kids. Uh, it, it, we're suspending disbelief. Now, we, David... We went to the same high school, right? Did you have friends that would park in the student parking lot? Yes. Really? What do you mean? I just think it's weird that like kids have their own cars. Like so many that they had to have like a parking lot for kids. My son tried well they're in college now, but they used to drive their cars to high school. And where were they parked? On the street or they had like a parking lot? In the student lot. 
the student lot. Yeah, listen, just join the middle class here, pal. It's a, it's really quite common. I mean, you know. Okay, so listen, 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 listen. You're, you're yapping. It's like we've blown past right. so much. There's a fight at the library. Oh, be yeah. quiet for a minute now. David showed up with the Jeep with uh, with Rodney, who they fucked up his car, and then he pats him on the back and walks by him. He's really saying, I'm not with you guys anymore. That's it. Okay? And then, eight is enough, girl, and Joan Jed girl were walking by, and they're like, we need to teach those broads a lesson. They're all snooty. So there's plans for them, too. Okay? And now we do arrive at the library, and they're just fucking with the library and throwing the books on them. It's just sort right. of believable in the real world. And like you said, where are the teachers? Where are the parents? Where are the adults? Where is the faculty? Look at this guy. Oh! That's right. He would go on to write a great uh, book about acting, apparently, that uh, that. Uh, David thinks every actor should have on a shelf. So he's like, oh, well, I'm help yeah. That. He goes, I'm going to help that guy. And Mark is like, come on, man. Look, they're already on to you. You're, you're, you're not one of the clique. You better get, you know, they're just having strife between the two of them. Are you with us or without us? You know, I read that guy's acting book. It was actually, it was called Massacre of Central High uh, Acting. The Don'ts and Don'ts of Acting. <laughs> the book drop with your pinky raised in the air. The don't the don't of acting. Don't. And also don't. Oh, how am I gonna alphabetize this? <laughs> no. The, would you what is uh, that what is Dewey that decibel. number? The, What's can you read what eight hundred? Uh, is that literature? Seven what is that? That's uh Fourteen dots. Of course, they all came off the same bookshelf. He'll have no problem. But what's right. happening here is David is doing what he did with Spoonie, um, <clears throat> with this guy named Arthur, and he's saying, "Look, we can let's fight these guys. Let's beat these guys." And you're like, I "I'm a sheep." <laughs> this guy Arthur, he, his name is Dennis Court. He was on like all of them early TV. Sanford and Son, Walton, Swiss Family Robinson, Rhoda, Mash, It Is Enough, oh. Fantasy Island, and that's it. Well, I mean, he seems like a perfect Mash guy, right? Like, he'll be on a stretcher, and he'll be like, well, I, or no, he'll be in the cot, and the, you know, hey, Father, Father, can I, uh, you think I'll ever, oh, I don't know, son, right? Yeah. Or do you think? Right. No, he was on one episode. I'm sure he had some bit part. Now, here's the girls that they want to straighten out, right? And they're so snobby. And we're about to have the most horrific, horrible scene ever. You see the guy on the left? He's an Israeli. And he was a heartthrob. He was in Playgirl. He used to dance for Chippendales. See that guy wow. there with the chin, the blonde one? He, yeah, right. He be a therapist. He, he, like the others, had an early TV career. <clears throat> okay, this is just more boyfriend and girlfriend strife. I'm getting tired of this bullying thing, and I want out. But I don't want out because I love you, Mark. But meanwhile, what's going on upstairs is they're going to rape those girls. Look at oh, that. Is he trying to distract his girlfriend while they do that? No. He, I don't, I don't he think doesn't know about he it. understands that it's a rape. 
And she's like, why are you pulling my arm? Let go. And he goes, come with me and hang out. Let's be boyfriend and girlfriend. And she's like, I'm, I just, I like you. I just want to go home. So he's like, fine. And by the way, your friends aren't such snobs anymore. They're partying with Bruce and, and Craig. She was like, uh-huh, party. Partying? And then she party. goes back. Yeah. What, party. the second floor bathroom? <laughs> Man. Right by right, Dave's so car. She's like, wait a minute. I can't get a ride. But wait, what did he say? All right, so she's going to... Her big deal was Friday the 13th. That, that was her... That's what That's a pretty good on. big thing. Yeah. Oh, you know, I would sue her for being such a non-vigilant uh, camp counselor. Okay, you see this horrific, horrific thing. They're pulling her yeah, hands right. off here. <clears throat> and they're making eight is enough yeah. Lonnie O'Grady watch. And then, so, Teresa comes in all swarming, and he's like, I'm waiting for my friends. Will this take long? She's really handling it, you know what I mean? Right. She's not afraid at all. She's poised. He goes, look, if it wasn't for Mark, I would beat the hell out of you. Get off of me, Bruce. Get out of here before... I'm just kidding. You're Mark's girlfriend, but get out of here. Right. Wow, there's, some, there's a hall monitor. Well, no, it's David. David's going to catch oh. what's going on. He's going to straighten this shit out right now. He stunt choreographed this, or stunt coordinated this whole fight. He, he, he fight doctor did? Right. Ow, fought, I'm hitting the nose. Listen, I'm a fight doctor, and I fought doctor many a scene before. Mike, what is that joke? He's, say, he's talking like a caveman. Okay, you see that punch? He's real proud of it, and he's going to get knocked over. He's proud of that one, too. I read two interviews with this guy, and he talks about yeah. it. Yeah. Ow! Really? Hey, Carl, didn't you say that they break, like the guy gets hurt, physically hurt, and they, they keep the scene going? Look at those. Yeah, you see her boobs? I did. I said, look at those. Okay, now, they're going to get put away her boobs, okay? And that's important for a continuity error, which I think is pretty major later. Look, okay, her boobs are put away now, see? Right, okay, okay. so what's the continuity error? Her boobs see. are put away, all right? Boobs are put away. Okay, so, so far the continuity is accurate. Okay. What could possibly change it? Okay, now watch. Boobs are out, and she's in public. She wouldn't button up. Oh, my God. In public. Damn. She would go on to be a heroin addict and die. Did you see that leap? That's like a Ferris Bueller jump right there. Now, look, where is he going? He's going after uh, Teresa, who kind of stormed out. Yeah. David. What he did was beat the shit out of the bullies for the first time ever. He, he went in on the situation, and it was, he stopped it like a cop, and he beat the crap out of them. Right. So, but that's not technically a massacre, even though it was Central High. Look at her cool car, man. It's a convertible Beetle. Beep, beep. Oh, it's gorgeous. These these convertibles are perfect for this location. Look how California, right? It, well, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the vibe you get. Boom, Mike. Boom, Mike. Top right. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I thought you know when she was walking. The director never saw this film in the because of the music. 
He refused to watch it. He hated the music so much. He never watched it. He'd go to film festivals, talk to everyone, be everywhere. And then they would say, ladies and gentlemen, the film. And he would get up and like go outside to the parking lot and hang out, smoke pot, and go back in when it was done. He was like, this movie is about a massacre using bombs. And now my movie, speaking of bombs, I will be outside while this movie plays. Because it's a bomb? Yeah, the movie was a bomb, wasn't it? The movie was like a grindhouse movie. You know what I mean? It went to the horror film things. Drive-ins this... and such. It did yeah. it... You mentioned horror film. Is this movie scary yet? Not yet. All right. Oh, this guy's creepy. Yeah, he's hurt. He, oh, there's the van. Look, they got, like, lawn furniture in the van. They're all hurt after getting their asses kicked. You see his shirt is oh, off? Oh, yeah. They're all, they're all worn out in the back of the van with their shirts off. Now, the guy with the shirt off, his daughter would go on to be in the Olympics. It's a kind of big deal. Um, let's see. What is it? Um, uh, American-Israeli Olympic show jumping rider. So it's horses. She wow. for Israel. Her name's Ashley Bond. His name's Steve Bond, but it's not. It's Shlomo Goldberg, but his name is Steve Bond. Um, and he's from Haifa in Israel. He was in Tarzan the Jungle Boy in 68, and but he was in Playgirl in 75, and that really launched him. And right. had to in 80, he had to go do his military time. He was a daytime actor on General Hospital for years. He did a bare-chested pin-up poster in 84 that was sold a lot. He was a Chippendales guy. He Keep did some bad just... films. Gas Pump Girls, you know. Uh-huh. That's a good film. What are you talking about? Sorry. It really, it's, a, it's an interesting please character don't, portrayal. Don't, please don't find out if that's on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know why I want to save myself from that film. Any film you give me, I'm going to have to endure. But this, I'm not going to look at a good plot. You know, I saw a movie title, I think I was, uh, on a streaming service called, like, Bikini Island Car Wash. And I'm like, you know, you could at least pretend it's like a real location, you know. Bikini Island. And it used to be you could just say Springfield Car Wash, and it's applied. Right. And you're like, you know, I can't wait to see this. But just flat out bikini party car. You know? Ski party. You don't have to say. <laughs> okay, so. Steve Harvey Comics. He's, okay, so they're in the van going, we're going to fuck him up. And then Mark right. goes, wait a minute, you dummies. This guy just beat your ass. Don't you think he'd be more valuable with us? It's like, he never wants to be with us. He goes, let me talk to him. I mean, they were like, he has a point. Like, okay, he kicked our ass. But now he sees his girlfriend and David skinny dipping. Yeah, right. Which is definitely a. Uh... That means your relationship is over, right? Like skinny dipping crosses the block. We just went skinny, skinny dipping. We're not going to see their relationship's not going to end. He's going to have weird emotions, and he's going to go back to the van and say, "I, I talked to him, and he's not in." But it isn't like because he wants him to get beat up. I don't know. It's weird. <clears throat> also, they're not. Like, Teresa admits to him later, I asked him to make love to me, and he refused because of you. So that means Teresa was going to cheat, and they're still boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, it's no problem. Right, yeah, yeah. 
He auditioned for uh, Han Solo in 75. He didn't get it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, Chewie, what are the... Uh, now, this is the scene in which shit gets real and things change for David. Oh, I should mention that car audition for American Graffiti. <laughs> Look at the Star Trek. Not, yeah. Star oh, Trek. So he was trying, he was being friends with Rodney, uh, saying, Look, let me help you fix your car and stuff. Now they're like, Come out here and get beat like a man, and he won't come out. You know, he, he actually auditioned for Rodney. That's the part, and they gave him the lead. Now look, oh, he's the jack, Ooh. and it hurts him ah. so bad. Really fucks up his legs. His one Ooh, leg. No, no more running ah. for this guy. Protecting oh, casting out from pain. That, you know that's painful. We know what it is like. Your, your fear of like if something really painful happens, how am I going to react? And you watch some movie shot in California where the guy like passes out of pain. You're like, no problem. I can handle that. I'll just pass out and paid, and then I'll yeah. cut to the next scene. The guy who wrote the acting book included that. Oh, right. The don'ts and don'ts of acting, <laughs> what I learned on the set of uh, Massacre at Central High. Now, all we're learning here is David refuses to see them. He won't let them into the hospital room with, you know, he can't see, you know. Now, look, this is funny. David showed up to audition for Rodney. He walks in. There's the director. He's from Holland with this thick accent. Right. And he's the, oh, there are the only two in the building. And he goes, I, he goes, how's it going? And he's not from America. So he didn't go fine because he doesn't know that expression. And he goes, how's it going? Terrible. He said, I have to cast 15 parts. And so, so David, which is his real name's um, Daryl. He, he said, he was just being a mensch. He said, you know, he read the script. It took him about an hour. He gave him a bunch of names of people who were his friends, who he knew from TV and such, you know, good actors. And so the next day he read for the part of Rodney, which he had researched, so that which is stupid. So the next day, okay, we're going to beat up your car. Look sad. So the next day, the director calls him at home and goes, I want you to play the lead. And David goes, did you talk to my agent? And he goes, no. And he goes, well, call her and hung up the phone. It's weird, right? So well, then, maybe he's, it's a, is that professional? Like you would want to hear it from. He, he wants to get paid, right? So the agent calls him back right away and goes, did you just hang up on a director offering you the lead? He goes, yeah, I didn't expect that. I was shot. I was stunned. He goes, well, call him back right now. And she slammed the phone down. So he called. You know, it, it's just funny. What ended up happening is he would help and do everything on the set. They became fast friends, him, the director, and the director's wife. He would go over to their rented house in Hollywood Hills like every day. And even the nights, he practically lived there. They became fast friends for life. Weird. Now, here's so this movie. After this three movie is a, this movie's like a launching pad for everything but the movies, like friendships, CGI. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Acting books, Revenge of the Nerds, uh, t TV movies that TV shows that took place uh, from 1974 to 1981. 
So you can see he's got a hurt leg, okay? And basically, right. he's like, I want to thank you for not ratting us out. You never told anything, you know. Well, he's like, well, I'm not a squealer. You see, David's changed now. Look how the film stock has brightened. I think it's because he changed. <laughs> no, I see the change real screen too. Oh, the change real, right? Yeah, you can tell David's changed because there's a big circle above his head. <laughs> it's a halo, right? They then they have to change the real. Okay, here's step one of the new David. Okay, no longer a convertible driver. Look at Paul. He's so proud of his van, and he's so proud of his chin. You can hear the dog in there. Oh, look at that bum leg. Yeah. You know, that's thank God he wears bell bottoms because they're a lot easier to put but on. Look what he's doing. He's cutting the gas line. No, wait, what's it called? He's that's cutting what I the, thought too. The brake line, right? Is that what that's they do? That's what I thought too. But he's not. It was on the hang glider. Right. Oh, the, wait a minute. Well, okay. In the early scene, he goes, what do you want to do? Let's drive around and show David the place. Hey, let's go hang gliding. Let's go surfing. Right. So they introduce that they hang glide. Hey, and, and student parking lots, student lots, do you, like, leave your, your hand, your uh, wind sailing shit on top of the roof? If you're a rich guy from Burbank, California, if you're from, Yeah. You do. I mean, that's ridiculous. You, I mean, you in second period, someone would steal your fucking wind jammies. I mean, <laughs> look how big it is, though. Look at wind jammy. I'm wind jamming. Look at that, man. Wind jamming. What's so is this is, when he, it's like when you fold a paper airplane. That's really right. what's going on here. Oh, I know. It's it's the bare minimum of safety in there, but he cut the wire of of this guy's. Hang wind jamming? Yeah. Hang glider? Wind jamming. Is it? A hang glider. Called wind jamming? Wind jam? It's a wind jamming. Oh, jamming. No, you're right. It's a hang glider. So is this so he cut the wire or the oh. hand glider? I'm not answering it, that question, Mike. <laughs> but what, yes. But what's the yes, result? Yes. Yes, he did. Okay, so but what's the wire mean? Like he can't turn left, he can't hit the brakes, he can't turn the don't do not explode single. Yeah, the do not explode single. Oh no, the do not explode single has been cut off. I'm going to explode. <laughs> Whatever could that wire do? He can't right turn. He can't left turn. He can't press the do not explode button. <laughs> he's too. Look, what he's gonna do? What, okay, what that wire was leading to was the "do not get electrocuted" button, and he's what do you mean? he. It was leading to the "do not get electrocuted" button, and he snipped the wire. That means electrocution is imminent. He was it Gostradamus? How did the fuck did he predict this would happen? <laughs> well, he, he changed in the hospital. But Carl, like, did he have a premonition? Was it like that Christopher Walken movie, Dead Zone, where he gets, like, shake hands and he's like... See, we don't see the scene. Oh, no, what's wrong? Huh. Oh, his... Oh, the... Oh, electrocuted button! Oh! get electrocuted button! Oh, my mannequin! Is this the death of mannequin, too? There's oh. Sylvester Stallone, dead. Thanks, Stallone. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Okay, now look. 
This yeah, Teresa with her beautiful knockers. And she is with Mark. They were not witness to... Wait, but they were with... Okay, this doesn't make sense because Mark just right. saw his friend die. You know what I mean? Like, this scene is, has no purpose. They weren't in some relationship thing that led up to it. They're just doing it on the beach. With a fireplace. So their friend died, you're saying. So they're like, let's fuck on the beach. Okay, I'll get some fire up driftwood, uh, and we'll light up a torch, and then and we'll have sex. You see how they roll? Ah, uh, tacky. Rookie. Rookie move in the beach. <laughs> With all the sand in the crack of your butt. Yeah. Rookie move. A lot of sandwiches, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what a witch. Sand crack. Oh, meanwhile, the high school at night. Now, he's got to poop real bad, but he's holding it in. No, he has a bum leg. Don't you remember? They oh, dropped the car. Oh, 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 oh. Because I've been there before. Are you sure? Like, you stiffen up. Look, he's what do you do? The you... Oh, no, he's not. Ooh, Chandler, Craig, pool, pool closed. The janitor? That's a that's an adult. We finally. Okay, so, uh, yeah, that's right. The handwriting of an adult appears in the film. <laughs> we will see adults in the very last segment. He's about to go to five office. Okay. What he learned was the pool's going to be closed. Okay, that's what he learned. Now, in the real world, you know, a janitor wouldn't write to Craig. You, you see. Bruce is dead now. Craig's father made the pool. I don't know why he would get a look. He keeps bringing it up, Craig. What an asshole. Yeah. I get it. Your father, yeah. Who made the locker rooms, Craig said. I could fill this pool with money and swim in it. Shut up, Craig. Shut up, Scrooge McCraig. David cut the lights so Craig can't see, and he's about to dive. Into uh, a pool full of gold coins. But David cut the do not drain the pool button. Jesus. <laughs> do not drain the pool. Look at this. The triple Lindy. I'm dead. dying. I'm a stuntman. Oh, no. Oh, I know the show's a splatter. No water. That's right. They don't. It's really cheap. Well, it was pretty impressive. You got to see a guy shirtless, uh, buff guy, do slow motion, death dive. Okay, now, I don't see it happen, okay? But Mark elbows a guy in the nose, and it breaks his nose. Uh, oh, yeah, it's Rodney. See right. Rodney there on the right? That's yeah. my dad. He's supposed to get elbowed in the nose by Mark, but I never see it happen. But it but it, it hurt. It breaks his nose in real life. Right now, right now. Oh, the camera moved. <laughs> See, look, broken. Look, it was broken. That, right. Wait, right let's there. watch for it. No. Oh. Nope. See, it didn't happen. The internet claims he got real life hurt. Oh, that guy got hurt. And um, you see his nose is broken throughout. Okay, never mind. Screw you, internet. Hey, wait. So, was this next? This is the afternoon or next morning? I think. Do they close the school? See, that's the thing. It doesn't make any sense in the real world. You've had a student die in a hang gliding accident. There's no counselors or like, no. now you've had a guy die on the school grounds. You would have it roped off. You'd have cops. You'd have 
But no, they're just like, it's like that movie we saw, Concord Seven, Concord 79. Like, yeah. They would shoot missiles at the plane. They said they would, go, they would land and go, Woo, that was a close one. Okay, come on. We're on <laughs> London. You know, they just keep flying. Whoa, that was well, you would figure the other rich sports would be nervous, like polo team would cancel, and the uh, lacrosse team would cancel, and the the, the skiers would cancel. It's not because a sports you know, murderer. Well, only rich sports like hand gliding and uh, polo. Okay, it, so you, my dad owns a pool. What happens now is they're all hanging out and they're talking about like. What's going on? Bruce died, then Craig died. The bullies are going away. So the two remaining bullies, Mark and Paul, show up, and he, Paul goes, break it up! Okay, everybody scatter! And they just <laughs> ignore what he says. They just ignore him. So David's like, why don't you fuck off, Paul? And Mark's like, come on, David, let's, come on, Paul, let's fuck off. So see, things are changing now, and they're like, David, yeah! Yay! We appreciate it. Now, David still has to poop very badly. It's a constipation. You can tell by the way he walks. Yeah. Because I've been there before. You stiffen up. He snipped the wire of the hand glider. It's smooth sailing for like very several scenic scenes. Just when he goes over the electrical wire, that's when the hand glider falls apart due to the because cut wire. there was no do not electrocute. If he would have sailed right over that safely, had he not snipped that wire. Okay, um, now it's really weird. It doesn't make sense in the real world. Uh, Paul was like, "Come on, Mark, we're the only bullies left. We got to double down here." It's like as if they're supporting an an empire that's crumbling. You know what I mean? It doesn't oh, make yeah. any sense. Now, well, you know, it's the moose versus the jugheads. You gotta, you gotta that, keep the war going. No, it's it doesn't. Okay, there's no jugheads. Okay, there's only meese. All right. So if this, now, if Teresa, this high school, yeah. Teresa's like, "Why won't you talk to me, David?" And David's like, "Just forget about me." I mean, he's changed, you know. Right, he's changed. Now, if this was saved by the bell, who would be Zach and who would be Slater? I, on purpose, never watched that show, so I don't know the character. Uh, I know, because it's so stupid. Like, nowadays, we look back at it and laugh like it's retro fun. But if you watch the show, it was painful. Well, no, what it was was, you know how, like, high school, you you kind of watch shows about high school to see what high school is about, and you kind of project yourself. And sometimes it's wish fulfillment, and sometimes it's fantasy. The the kids from Saved by the Bell were, like, so popular, and Mm -hmm. literally no one else existed other than them. And uh, you get, it wasn't like Archie where they were popular kids. They were, like, mega Archie, like, if they were super, super cool, all of them, you know. Like, even Dustin Diamond, like, Dustin Diamond was chosen as Screech, you know. It was just, like, we like to hang out with Screech. But it was just, like, you know, there was no balance to it whatsoever. They were just, like, the super popular California high school kids. I know the name Screech. I don't know, Dustin Diamond or whatever you said. Dusty Diamond. He he, he was the actor, and uh, he passed away recently. Now, listen, I don't understand. Why would Paul be out there surfing? I mean, two of his friends have died. You know what I mean? It's a rich sport. That's why. Let's go to the beach and surf, and we can remember our friends. He's not even sad. 
that Israeli had buns of steel, and he's gone. It's like we got to remember our friends who died of freak uh, athletic sports. Uh, I don't have time. I got to go surfing during the wind. During you know, I think it's weird. Yeah, I'm with you. Why? Why does Mark have three nipples? Up oh, now, it's, it's gone. Well, continuity. He has a chest wound, Carl. See that? That's a third. That's a uh, nubbin. He's got no, a it's nubbin. it's gangrene. Oh. It's a zombie. No, wait. It's uh, he's been dead for two days. Don't his feet hurt? Us? Pacific. I'm not gonna say which ocean that is because I don't want to get too Pacific. But um, oh. <laughs> yeah, whale, whale on the beach. He gained thirty into this movie. Uh, my agent told me I'll get the role of work if I show up in this film. Spoonie would go on. Robert Carradine would go on to do Orca. Yeah, I like Orca. I remember Orca. The Jaws ripoff? I never saw it. Yeah, I saw it on TV. I think it was either Channel 11 or maybe like NBC had Orca. Wait a second. Are you sure that wasn't Mork and Mindy? Because he was from Orca. He was from Orc. Yeah. No, no, this is Orca. It now, was about Lady Planet. Now, look, here is a physical thing that happens. Paul gets into his van like a dummy, and David clubs him on the head. The door closes by magic. Right. Well, I never liked this van at all. Good. It's going bye-bye right now. Look at David pushing Wait, it. Are you saying Van Gogh? Yes, this is a great work of art. It's a Van Gogh. <laughs> Should I steal that for the open mic? Uh, yeah, that's not even worth driving over no, to the mic. No, it's not. I'm trying to come up with some material. Listen, if you don't give me any material tonight, I'm going to have to go down to Joanne Fabrics because I need material. Do you guys have Joanne Fabrics in California? No, but that's a great joke. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of Joanne Fabrics. I think we have... Uh... Hobby Lobby Fabrics. Yeah. Really. We have uh, Michael's <laughs> Art and Fabric uh, Outlet. Unfortunately for Paul, they have a big stock of ketchup in the back of the van, and it's spilling all over the place. It's yucky. Oh, is he going to die by van? Mm-hmm. Whoa, the cameraman's like, let's let's have some fun before you die. Run around. Help, I'm on a... I'm on a van. Go. Whoa, you could, now, look you, at this whoa. value. They spent money here. I was going to say, the director's like, my bad. Cut and see. Now my watch man, how bad it cuts away. For a Whoa. Moment. Is that the explosion he put in there? Yeah. So no, no, push... no, it's not. No, it's not. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we don't see what he does in the van, but he's not known for explosions yet. So this is how he killed that guy, right? He bonked uh, him on the head, threw him yeah. in the van. And then drove the van or jumped out of the van or pushed the van down the hill? push it. No, he pushed it. There's David. Hey, what did I miss? Yeah, Isn't it but, weird that I'm never here when Superman's around? But it, no, they don't play it that way. David's not like, what are you talking about, man? I'm just walking Ventura Highway. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's, you know, he says, what's going on, man? You've changed. And he goes... You just forget about me. They, they had it coming kind of thing. Hey, what, are you doing this? what are you doing inside the Pacific Coast uh, Highway after the murder? 
I got an alibi. I'm searching for uh, loose change. See? <laughs> beep, 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 beep. I was whale watching. Did you see him? Is him? We called him work. Oh, I missed it. I missed it. I just wanted to show you that this film is horribly acted, but it has a really interesting plot. And you keep yeah. watching it. Beside, look, I've seen this thing five times now. This is my fifth because yes, I have to. And <clears throat> I got to tell you that they're going like, are you sad? Yes, I do feel sad. Want to go to the beach? No, I'll just go home. It's terrible acting. But the plot is like, what's he, who's he going to kill next? What's he, you know, and the way he's like talking to people and, you're going to see that more is going to develop now. Like the, people think there's a vacuum of bullies in the school. Then they're like, we could be the bully. They just take a poop, man. Just they have medicine for it. Just sit. Look at his, look at his big balls. He's, he's, he's not looking for the bathroom. He's looking for the skipper. Gilligan. <laughs> he just needs the hat. Yeah. I'm here to play Mark and Mindy and uh, Popeye. Oh, there's Carradine. Yeah. So, so the Carradines, it was three brothers that act, and their father was an actor, right? Is that, right. is that the story? Yeah, the story is the father was the known actor, and thus his children, you know, I don't know if he pulls strings, but they followed in his footsteps, and they were received because they knew the father lots of times. It's a library. Stop yelling, bitching. Guys, it's the library. Well, look at that. He's got a, the script being read to him in the ear. Or is that like a like portable phone? <laughs> Here goes Oscar. Now that the bullies are dead, they're all his friends. Hey, they're not fucking with him either? No. Hey, like, let's stab you for fun. It's like a nice thing. Loves you. I don't have the history in front of me of what the father was in that made him famous. Right, no the one brother went on to do the Kung Fu series. He was like the golden boy. Um, we saw him in that... Uh, Kill Bill. Right. I guess we didn't see it on this film. But um, Carradine, uh, Spoonie, Robert Carradine, really came up behind because he was in Revenge of the Nerds, and that was bigger than Carradine had gotten. You know what I mean? So he became yeah. one. <clears throat> and then you got the third brother. You know what I mean? Keith? Is it Keith Carradine? Wait, does Keith? Keith was the one that we saw in Heart, uh, Heartbreak Hotel. Hostage Hotel. Hostage Hotel. Yeah. Hard Time Through Hostage Hotel. Hard directed time. by Alan Smithy. Well, I think, like... This food fight was for no reason. There was no reason to have a food fight. Anarchy. It's anarchy. Now that the bullies are gone, it's anything goes. That is it. Yeah, I get it. This movie speaks my language, man. Finally, a, a, a high school massacre movie that speaks to me. So they're like, sit with us. Uh, look at how dumb Mary's acting with her head all bobbing. She was, uh, like I said, she was a singer with Joan Jett. That was her bad thing. but she That was her good thing. But she was in movies. She was in Logan's Run as Screamer Party Girl. Oh, right. She must have did that when she was young, under 30. She was in Heart to Heart as woman. Oh, yeah? Her position? 
That wasn't her. She went on to be with Cheech and Chong, though. That was her big days. She was in Up in Smoke as Laughing Lady. Huh. Mm hmm. Was it, was the laughing lady with the Clorox lady? Remember, there was a woman who sucked. No, who snorted the fake coke? Yeah, no, that no, wasn't her. That's your shit. Chong just sat there. Look, they loved her, Cheech and Chong. She went in on in '81 to be in Nice Dreams as Blondie Group Number One. Oh, they must have been buying ice cream. Is she buying? Ice? Oh, she, was she in a bikini? Uh, she was Blondie Group Number One. So oh, that's in the script, that's a, now you see this is David's house, okay? And it's yeah, sort of like a mob thing. So she came over to go, are you going to kill Mark? Please don't kill Mark. I don't want you to kill Mark. And he goes, Teresa, you're safe. And I, she's like, yeah, but Mark. And he goes, no, Mark is safe. Can I tell him that? Also, yeah. The director, he would always go over to the director's house. But one time the director came over to his house, which he was living in a garage, and he had made a loft. And he goes, oh, it's David's apartment. I casted David. Damn, God, this director seems like all over the place. I mean, God bless him. I don't, I don't think this is a bad movie. You know, it's a movie. He it, made it. it. Yeah. Well, he would go on to do movies. He was for real. Um, he came, He was first with, like I said, he's a Dutch writer and director, but he was a protege of Russ Meyer, who we saw in Candy, 1968, the director. Yeah, sure. He always did sexy, sexy movies. Um, and let's see, he did the punk rock musical Population One. What is that? He did Habitat. Oh, I just, you know, wait a minute, Carl, I just saw that movie on YouTube, Population One. How weird. Yeah, he did that in 1986. Oh, uh, 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 I saw YouTube alert, Carl. What? what? Uh, Population One is on YouTube. Oh, okay. All right. I'll do it. You're the boss. You're the boss. Well, maybe we'll do it in two weeks. I, I already have a movie set for this week. Okay. The Punk Rock Musical. Will that translate well on YouTube? I'll, we've got to check it out. Yeah, sure. Is it, as long as it's not American Idiot, I'm okay with it. Is it Green Day punk rock musical? <laughs> okay, what happened there is <clears throat> the librarian went to David and he said, there's a power vacuum in the school. We could fill it. And I'm a smart person, so it doesn't need to be thuggery and stupidity. Consider it, David. We could rule the school. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what with my brains and you killing people, David. With my brains and you're killing people, we could rule this school. Now he's—they're going to do it right now. Spoonie, Mary, and Eight is enough. James, yeah. they're yeah. going to say, "Look, power vacuum. We could rule the school." And David is just disgusted with it. Lonnie O'Grady died, man. She died in a trailer park. It wasn't pretty, you know. What? Really? Yeah, she she uh she quit acting and she became like a, a casting direct casting person. But I right. don't know. She she had lots of problems. She had panic attacks, she was doing drugs all the time, uh, she was diagnosed and she had agoraphobia, which is funny if she's in a trailer park, right? You can't go outside, man. She must have been restricted, one room. 
Uh, let's see, how did she die? Here it is. <clears throat> uh, toxic levels of the painkiller Vicodin and the antidepressant Prozac in her bloodstream. Uh, she died of multiple drug intoxication. The coroner was unable to determine if their death was accident or suicide. So it's bad. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, what about I told you those guys were like power vacuum this and that, right? But here's right. Rodney. Rodney now owns the dead kid's car because the parents couldn't stand to look at it. So his junkie car has been replaced by Starsky and Hutch car, and he's real conceited about it. And he goes and bosses or uh, bullies this person in the lot, lot uh, in the car park in front of David. It's bad. He's like a smarmy asshole. Is your YouTube fucking up or is that TV? No, I think it, I think it was uh, TV. A I think it was TV. Girl. In the Matrix. I'm sure you're right because that does not look like an interrupt, internet disruption. That's a 1970s disruption. Well, it must be on video. Yeah, was this thing released in video? It must have been, or we wouldn't be watching it, I guess. I mean, honest to God, I thought this was an after-school special. When you, uh, this was recommended by one of our listeners. God bless. Jill. On our Facebook page. her pops in one second. You see, he threw a rock through uh, yeah. Mark's car. Well, that's, it's really it was new. There was a dog inside the car, and he didn't want him to suffocate. Oh, that's great. In the convertible. In the convertible. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's give a shout-out to Jill Duncan. She made a great suggestion, right? Yes, yeah, that's this movie. This is great. Yeah, it's exactly what we want. She He's knows so well. He really has got to take a shit, Carl. He really does. He's constipated. So she knows the show well. She knows the kinds of movies we watch. And this was a really a gem. Yeah. I mean, nothing like a high school full of 20-year-olds. <laughs> oh, uh, look at this. Yeah. There's a power ready. vacuum. I'm a what? I'm, I'm a great. You're going to bully me. Everyone's bullying each other, you see. Did you ever see that after-school special where this guy uh, gets pushed in the hallway? No. Is that the way? Is that your brother? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> your brother was the pusher. Yeah, he was in the after-school special they shot in our high school, and he got to push the bully in the hallway, shove him with his shoulder. What, what if I'm gay? What if I'm? It's okay to be gay. I think it was called. Yeah. No. What if I'm gay? We've actually watched that movie with another movie. After school special shot in the same high school, our high school. That's Riverdale. a great episode. It's a Montclair double feature, and it includes Montclair, New Jersey. It includes an interview, right? Proudly resents clip in which we made an appearance about that film. Oh yeah, well we did that for uh, proudly. My brother, my brother Adam Spiegelman has a podcast called Proudly Resents, and it has actually like a great collection of interviews and movie reviews and uh, a lot of famous people, a lot of room interviews, including the man who really directed the room. Wait, but, maybe, uh, I'm wrong. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was just he appeared on the episode with us, right? Yeah, he appeared. We, we got him as a guest on our show. It was Sir Billy that we... The, the, That's what I was going to get to, yeah. We watched the Sean Connery. <laughs> Sean Connery's last movie was an animated film called Sir Billy. 
He did not play Billy Goat. That was the Alan right. Cummings. That's right. That was Alan Cummings. Okay, now we've just seen David mixing up gunpowder or something. Right. How does he know that shit? Okay, I know but, how to stab. But I don't, take think a it was I don't think it was gunpowder because there's about to be a murder here. A massacre? Yeah, well, 10 people die in this film. That's a that's a bloody massacre. Look, he can't hear, so he's putting in his hearing aid, and then he dies! Turns it on. Okay. He goes, whammy jammy! Oh, wow. There's Those ketchup in his ear. Who put ketchup in his... Who put syrup in his... There's syrup! It's... Oh, this isn't maple. That's it's the fake shit. The oh, store brand. Listen, I just checked that book out. I, I'm not going to pay for the damages. So maybe when David was concocting some sort of poison or something. Ew! Really blew that guy's ear out. Maybe it's not safe. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch Stand by. Boom! Holy shit! That was cool. Now, in real life, that explosion was much stronger than they expected, and it knocked yeah, out no, completely. Listen. Yeah, it, one of the cat, one of the um, uh, crew who helped set up the pyrotechnics was knocked out, and other people. Oh, I mean, their hearing. There were problems. Yeah, no, that was a huge explosion inside that hallway. Now, now's the time to close the school, right? Nope. Well, nah. Well, they said now's the time to clean the swimming pool, at least. Yeah, right. So, Spoonie is like, the heat's on too much. People are dying around here. We got to get out of here. The librarian's dead. and the, So, Mary's like, let's go somewhere and hang out until this blows over. So, they're going to go camping. Wait, were they going high, uh, hang gliding? <laughs> right. No, no, no. <laughs> They're going camping, but it's just as camping. stupid as the hang gliding. You'll see. Wait, so does this mean we're at Act Three, uh, hiking? Now what Rodney does. We're not. We're we're in Act Two right now. Rodney punches the guy nice. who wrote the acting book. Now watch. Rodney gets into his Starsky and Hutch car. He didn't dive through right. the window, which was something you did in the seventies. Kapow. Whoa, that Pinto is unsafe, Carl. <laughs> so David oh. is now killing people. Here's Mary naked yep. again. Mary also had yep. a terrible death. Um, <clears throat> she died in 2002 of complications from liver disease and hepatitis after being addicted to heroin for two decades, 20 years. Yikes. Yeah. She was an actress and a musician. She was in a number of exploitation films. Um, <clears throat> Lamora, Caged Heat in 74. This one. Okay, now look. You see her boobs, right? Oh, uh, yes. Affirmative. Let me just keep watching. Now, look. She discovers dynamite. What? Why would there be dynamite at this campsite? Yeah, okay, I'll tell you why. Right. So she goes, Spoonie, look. Now, look, Lanny O'Grady's naked. Spoonie's zipping up. They were obviously just doing it. And Spoonie's like, what is that, dynamite? I don't know what it is. Just forget about it. Forget it. Now, look, you can't toss dynamite, right? Do you know about dynamite? You must be careful with it. 
You can't just toss it because if it makes a spark inside of itself, it will blow. Wait a minute. So if I'm going camping with naked women right. and we find a piece of dynamite, right. you shouldn't just toss it. Yeah, because he goes, never mind the dynamite. Let's have sex. It doesn't make any sense in the real world. So now they're all in the tent having sex and something horrible is going to happen. Uh, one loses interest. Right. One of them loses interest and Spoonie fish finishes way too quick. And that turns off the other one. So it's a bad weekend. Hey, you're in luck. I can't find Population One on YouTube. I, I, did, I did see it listed in IMDb. You see what happened? Oh, no. Rock. It rolled over the tent and mushed them all. They spent money on this, man. They spent money on this. I can't. I don't understand this guy's luck. He cuts a wire and a guy gets electrocuted. Right? He he sets up a car so when you when you turn the ignition, it explodes. He made or a boulder. He knew exactly where they were going to pitch their tent, and he found the right boulder to put a bomb under. What a coincidence! They pitched their tent underneath that. And it perfectly landed. Okay, so here he is making more explosives and stuff. And who should show up? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm, I jumped ahead to Act 3. It's just more oh. stupid stuff. It's more like, we could rule the school. I know you're the killer. We could rule the school, David. It's more of that stupid stuff. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, what else can I tell you about this film? I don't know. I think uh, I got a sense of it. We're just waiting for Act 3, right? This influenced Heathers. You know that film, Heathers. Oh, right, because he blows up people. Here's a good one. The Italian version of this film was called Sexy Jeans, and it was edited with pornographic inserts. <laughs> is that interesting? Oh, my God. How funny is that? Like, Sexy Jeans. Not bad enough to do you guys really believe they're high school students? Yeah, us neither. Here's some porno. Well, where would you think the, the pornographic scenes? We've seen like almost most of this movie. Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. And like, obviously, it wasn't the actors. So how do they? Oh, you know, I could see it. Oh, my hand glider's out of control. I'm getting electrocuted. Cut to blowjob. <laughs> That's the school. I'm going to dive in the dark. Ah, there's no water. Splat. <clears throat> now, just like the internet told me that that guy got his nose broken and I never right. saw I'm suspicious of this one, too. Mark Hamill was considered for the part of David. Jan Mike and Michael Vincent was considered for the part of David. But the thing is, that guy fell in love with, Dave, with our David, Daryl, on day one. So I, Right, he, he got it. Well, didn't Mark Hamill play like a psychopath in uh, Cadillac Summer or something like that? He played like a, a killer. Who, David? Uh, no, Mark Hamill. Oh, I don't know. He was Maybe not Cadillac Summer, but that's some film where he was. a movie. Uh, yeah. Hmm. He auditioned for this movie. Boy, that's a real trivia. Thank, thanks, but no thanks. But he, but I don't believe he auditioned. It says was considered. Does that mean he was in Holland going, who should uh, I cast in my movie? 
You know, that's like when you you're trying to write a trivia question and you're like, "Who said acting is like blah blah blah?" Uh, anyone could say it. I just said it. You know, like it's not. I consider Mark Hamill. Now, Turner Classic Movies was scheduled to air this film. It was called, like, the TCM Underground Series. Yeah, sure. They show a lot of good, bad movies. Well, they, the standards and practices people decided it was too violent to air. Do you agree? I don't believe in any of these deaths. Okay, Mark comes over with a gun, and Mark confronts David. And he goes, look, you got to stop killing people. Listen, huh? we're giving away our cars. It's really bad. <clears throat> Is he the last bully? Yeah, he's, well, but he already has a pass. He's never going to get killed. He's like, what are you going to do, David? Kill me? You know, he, I mean, uh, Mark, kill me. So he's never going to kill Mark and, and Teresa. He's just never going to do it. And they know it. We're in Act 3 now, and we're heading to the last scene. Last segment. Now, Daryl Morey was at the screening of Massacre, and who should be there but Andy Kaufman. And Andy Kaufman was like, I, 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 loved, I, loved, I loved your film. And they, they, for over an hour, they just bullshitted about the huh. film. Well, 1976, wasn't he in uh, Taxi by that point? Or was that 78? 70, good question. He It was right. He was obviously, no, he, he must have done Taxi because he, that's he was on made. SNL. Yeah. He was on SNL in 75. Before? Wait, SNL was his break, not uh, Taxi? I don't know. I mean, he was on SNL in 75, 76, and he did other television, I'm sure. Okay. Well, I think that Taxi was what broke him because he was going to turn it down. He was like, this is bullshit. This isn't what I do. I, I'm, I'm a stand-up, but he never called himself that. You know what I mean? But anyway, right. the, the direct, uh, his agent... You didn't really have agents if you, you know, a guy who got him jobs who's like, if you turn this down, believe me, there's not another offer around the corner. You're an unknown. You turn this down and you basically walked away from a career um, in comedy. So do what you want, but, you know, the offer's on the table. <laughs> so he took it, you know. And he did a good job with this character, right? I mean, he made him bizarre. Yeah. Had a, it was a character, it was Kaufman. Okay, so David goes, fuck you, I'm not stopping killing. And he locks Teresa and Mark in his apartment. Like, he can't get out. Now, this is an alumni prom. It's anyone who ever went to the high school can come. So we will well, see adults finally. Wait a minute. Yeah, like creepers. And what, what is dancing ever since I taught you English? What? What do you mean? Like, if you, you don't think the... You think the lecherous teachers are like, can I uh, ask you to dance? Did you say lecherous? No, I said lecherous. Okay. Mike, what we're seeing right now is people who graduated from this high school. They've been invited back to go to a dance. They're all dancing. What a weird ball. I never even heard of it. Well, instead of a student reunion, it's a student reunion for every year. It's not class of 84. It's 
Did you ever go to this oh. school? Come on back and dance. No high school. No high school in their right mind is going to have like the burnouts who hang out of the fucking, I don't know, parking lot across from the student lot at the 7-Eleven be like, yeah, hey, man, we should go back to the high school. It's student alumni night. Yeah. Wow. Like, you don't want adults back in the high school. They are adults. He's going to blow them all up. Yes, he's going to blow them all up, which doesn't make sense to the plot because they, <clears throat> the people he were bully, he were okay. First, he killed the bullies. Then, the people he thought he was liberating were turning into jerks and becoming bullies. So he right, one yeah. by one killed them. So why would he possible? Did you see? He like broke in. He in yeah. real life did trip and hurt himself, and they left it in the film, just like they left the explosion that hurt people in the film. It's not a very good film. He shouldn't use that footage. Oh no, we we see a movie where the, the the explosions look pretty real, like in Shaft in Africa, where they 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 blow up uh, something inside a prison and people run out. Okay, imagine, imagine you're. A director had one movie before. You come to America to make it big. You film this movie. People got hurt. But if you don't use the footage, you're shit out of luck, pal. You're not making a movie because you need those scenes. So he breaks down the locker. Now, look, it's his good friend who hangs out with him at his house, you know. The, the, the explosion was too much. The guy who rigged it knocked himself out. You know what I, I mean? Know, it's like, crazy. So it's like if he was Quentin Tarantino and he shot something and people got hurt, he shouldn't use the footage. That is the truth. But well, Tarantino, not, yeah, he just I, used the footage. I didn't mean to launch you into a tangent about Tarantino and the car accident and everything. I'm right, just right. Saying, of course, of course you didn't. Of course you didn't intend it. Well, let's keep going. But what I'm saying is this guy, I don't feel like he was immoral for using the footage where people got hurt because, okay, I got to tell you for the plot, this is their big plan. They're like, he's, they went, they escaped and they went to the high school and they're like, if you're going to blow up these people, then we're going to die with them. And David's like, get out of here. I only have, you have 35 minutes. That's it. Get out. <laughs> And God, he's so he knows the time perfectly. Like everything's to movie plan. I might have made yeah. that up thirty-five minutes. He's just saying, yeah. "I've got these bombs. They're on a timer. You gotta leave." And so they look. They're dancing. They're like, "We're not leaving. We're dying with everyone else." So now David's like, "Well, fucking shit!" So he's got to really quickly, and he's really got to poop. He's got to really quickly go and dis defuse everything. Turn it. Look, he's caught wrestling with his conscience now. Should I go undo the bombs? I don't want my friend, no. my, the girl I'm secretly in love with, to die. This is like every psycho's dream. Yeah. <laughs> he decides What's he gonna do? he's going to save them. He looks at the clock. I have enough time. I know I've got a boot, but I can hold it for another minute. <laughs> I can't hold it. I got to go first. Got to no. go. Got to go. <laughs> Maybe in the basement. Right. And he when he got hurt, it was actually he continued to shoot the you know, he he was everything about the movie. So this stuff, some of this is before, some's after. Okay, you can't see well because it's so dark, but he's defeating the bombs now. And we just well, keep just... seeing the innocent victims who are gonna 
I'm, I'm glad freaking flipping movies posted this on their their channel. It's just the copy itself happens to be pretty shoddy. Yeah, there were other copies, but they were TV edits, and you yeah, made... right. No, we want to see the pixelated bugs. <laughs> so it's dark, but all David's doing is hurrying, hurrying up. Look at him, really freaking out. His leg, they it's got duct taped uh, board. So he wouldn't be able to move it because he was moving. Oh, it. my God. Really? Kind yeah. of a weird director. <laughs> what are you talking about? That would do that in Fish Burgers, right? Right. Fish Burgers. It's a public access show from 1990 on New Jersey Suburban Cable, Access County Cable. But that's what yes, this was, essentially. I mean, look. Oh, right. What did I miss? He was trying to get the bomb out of the building. It was still in his hands as he was running, and he blew up. But we don't really see it because they were putting in a sequel. Maybe we'll have a sequel. <laughs> no, shut up. So oh, like every horror. It, it's Lame Freddy. He's back for the sequel. Oh, no, it's not Lame Jason, is it? No, this is the weirdest thing ever. It doesn't make sense in the real world. Everyone comes out and says, what, what was that? What was that? And then they see this burning thing and they go, oh, uh, all right, it's it's nothing, and they all go back inside and dance. Right. Oh, right. It's the book burning too. <laughs> you guys want to burn Beatles or dance to them? <laughs> well, let's dance. Do you ever go to a book burning and like some dick brought a candle? <laughs> That's your joke you gave me. I I know. I I appreciate that joke. You, and you I did it justice. I got it right here from this show. That was years ago. I did it at the open mic. It worked so yeah. well. I kept it. It's in the A-list now. It's in the rotation. You know, I went trick-or-treating this year by saying it was on my bucket list. Oh, look at those sirens. Oh, uh, oh, look at that. The end credits. That's right. Okay, so we did what it. happened here was... The guy gets to the school, he used to get bullied. His best friends become the bullies, like, join us. And it's like, it took him a little while, but he's like, I'm not doing it. Then he got uppity with the bullies for real when he saw a serious rape happening, right? It makes sense. Right. Then they broke his leg, and he didn't rat on them. So he comes back and kills them one by one. He thinks he's liberating the school. The school ends up being that everybody's a jerk if you give them a power yeah. value. So he starts killing all those people, but he just won't kill his love and his best friends. So they say, we're going to sacrifice ourselves so that you stop killing. It worked, but he blew himself up in the process. You know, that sounds like a really good movie. Right. It was acted horribly, shot horribly. But <laughs> now, they spent money on those effects. A boulder. Oh, yeah. Movie. No, it's all practical, I'm sure. Impractical. Well, there you go, Evan Company. So, Carl, what did you think of this movie? I thought this movie was horribly acted, a real, real B movie, maybe even a C. But the plot was so interesting that you're engaged and you're watching it as it's right. going along. You stay with the film. And this guy, well, everybody in this thing would go on to be... You know, this was not the launch of... This was something a lot of people did who went on to... I don't know. I enjoyed the film, and it was perfect for your 
show. And thank yeah. you, Jill Duncan, once again for a great, great suggestion. Yeah, thanks very much, Jill. Listener Joe for recommending Massacre Central High. Carl, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. This movie uh was was poorly done. However, it's a really great idea. And okay. uh you know, I, I just think I'm glad everyone else was able to have a career and, and stuff like that. It, it wasn't it was interesting. Yeah. But you know, a lot of it stayed didn't uh but yeah, it's all right. Well, I uh, we're done with it. How about that? You don't have to watch it for six times, seventh time. Uh, I'm very excited. Our next movie, Carl, is American Werewolf in Paris. London. Proven Hoopin. <laughs> and so uh, this movie, I remember it. Don't you remember it when it came no. out? No, I remember American Werewolf in London. Of course, there's. Well, um, the 90s, the 90s had sequels to movies that didn't need sequels. Carrie 2, American Werewolf in Paris. Is there a trailer? Well, that's what I'm looking for personally. I've been killing time typing in American, American Werewolf, Werewolf into my uh, YouTube user search. Speech, user speech. Um, there's a trailer. It's by... It's... Uh, Okay, there's a trailer by Umbrella Entertainment, An American Werewolf in Paris. So it's A-N first, An American Werewolf Oh, no wonder it took me so long. Well, let me hit clear and then retype this. I just try not to type the word Paris, and then I'll stop giving recommending American Werewolf in the playlist. But I'm wondering. Uh, it doesn't even say movies, like American Werewolf in Paris song. It's not a fucking song. American okay. Werewolf in London is a song. Look, look for American Werewolf in Paris trailer and you'll find Umbrella Entertainment, 117,000 subscribers. Should I press? I'll do the sound. Yeah, do the sound, please, because I'm looking through all this right now. Okay, so you're not ready yet, right? Uh, yeah, I am. For the sake of the show, I am. Let's just go ahead and hear it. Okay. Okay, so everyone at home and Mike in Los Angeles, get ready to play. Press play. American Werewolf in Paris trailer, Umbrella Entertainment. Three, two, one, go. The Eiffel Tower. Come on. Oh, yeah. Hollywood Pictures. That was Walt Disney Company doing R-rated movies. Like with Touchstone. Uh-oh. Are they going to parkour the Eiffel Tower? They're going to bungee jump the 90s version of parkour. Oh, no. Don't bungee jump on the stairs. Oh, a French girl's going to jump off the Eiffel Tower. Bungee's bungeeing. What kind of girl jumps off the Eiffel Tower has issues, Major issue. Is she a werewolf, Carl? I guess so. And listen to her American accent. Julie Demby? No. Oh, oh no, not the underground. Oh no, not Jim Morrison's grave. So I guess. There's like a werewolf underground. Metro. So yeah, I guess there's a, like a, like, what is it called, Twilight? 
There's a werewolf underground. Right, yeah, that explains the shirtless dudes. This doesn't look cute. Wow. No one remembers this movie. Yeah. At all. I remember this. I, I remember the trailer. I remember seeing it in seeing the theater. American Werewolf. Uh, ooh. Oh, werewolf. Oh, we get. Paris. Uh, ooh. Uh, werewolf. Oh, no, it's a dude. <laughs> he thought it was a woman. It was a dude. Based on the characters by, written by John Landis. Ladies Wait and a minute. You didn't watch the same trailer as me. You just I didn't watch the same trailer. You didn't go to Umbrella Entertainment. I didn't have time, dude. I'm quite a different commitment to this show. <laughs> I watched Perkinstein, dude. I don't need this shit. Yeah. Wait a minute. Let me make sure this movie exists. It has to exist because I just saw it. Wait a minute. Yeah, we're going to watch it next week. Thanks to Film Rise Movie, motherfuckers. Okay. I see Chuck Shack has it too. Rise. You saw yeah, what? Check. Film, Check. Film Rise Film Rise Movies has it. If you guys want to watch it now and then watch it with us next week, go ahead. But we still love to have you next week. Listen to Mutiny Radio. Donate to Mutiny Radio. Yeah. Go to their Venmo. Throw in five bucks at Mutiny Radio. They could just be very grateful. You can find their donate button on the Mutiny Radio, the newly designed uh, mobile for phone-friendly website at mutinyradio.fm. You can go to carlsucks.com while you're on the internet. Yeah. And uh, see where Carl's playing. Probably Scotty's in Springfield. Yeah, see where I'll Yeah. And I don't know what I'm doing. So, but that's been it. I'll be here. We'll be here next week. Uh, Carl, thank you so much for watching thank Massacre you. at Central High for six thank times, you. seven thank times you. in a row. Do it. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to next week's movie, American Werewolf in Paris, the full movie on YouTube. Uh, so we'll see you next week. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike Spiegelman It's been over one long year Watching movies bad, strange and weird Commandeer By Michael Hi, this is Carl Is it six o'clock yet? Is it exactly? It is. Ooh. Hey. 
Hey guys, yay, it's happy hour. It's the happiest hour of hours of hours of stuff. And none of you have any family either. Which is funny because I actually know you have a family and you left your family to be here, which is amazing. I'm like, I have no family. And so I'm here and you left them. You left a warm place, probably with tons of leftover food, happy children. All these things, and you're like, yes, I left on purpose. You'd rather be here? That's amazing. Okay, that's cool. Hi, Dan. I haven't seen you in a while. Nice to see you. Good stuff. Next year, I feel like I'm in Romper Room. I see Ian. I see Chad. No one knows who Romper Room is. You're all too. Do you remember what? You remember Romper Room? Okay. It's from the '80s. It was a thing. You were there. Great <laughs> As I say, I have abortions older than you. I don't want to work old jokes, though. I want to work. I Yeah, they're all old. <laughs> There's nothing. I'm like, I'm old, therefore, everything I write. I read a lot of Shakespeare. That's a weird thing to say out loud. That's kind of pretentious. That's Do you really? We're, we're pretentious friends. It's like, yeah, I read in iambic pentameter. No, I was reading um, Macbeth. Well, I will. I'll do some for you. I was reading Macbeth, and it opens. He's such a feminist, you know? Double, double, toil and trouble, cauldron burn and cauldron bubble. Shakespeare was talking about menopause. Who knew? Like, my cauldron is bubbling. It's so hot. It's, my crotch pot is so hot, I can put an egg in there at night. And in the morning, it's soft-boiled. If I leave it in until lunch, I can take it out. I can make deviled eggs. I just need a little mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm dealing with. They're just, it's how do you make menopause funny? I don't know. <laughs> you certainly can't make it sexy. Thanks. Yeah, I'm sweating so much. I sweat. <laughs> Seriously, like hot flashes are the only way I can equate them for men is it's like when you were 14 and you got accidental boners and there was nothing that happened and for no reason just this uncontrollable thing happened to your body and you're like well I guess we got to go with this <laughs> that's the only way like suddenly you just it feels like tons of ants are biting me all at once and they open up my pores and just liquid just pours out of them it's the opposite of goosebumps. It, like, and, like, that's when you're... Which is funny, because the technical name for that is pelioerection. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Pelioerection is... Pelioerection is when you use goosebumps. That's the technical name for it. Yeah. So the, and there's a very small segment of the, the population, a very, very small segment that can give themselves pelioerection, which is supposed to be something that's... Even though it's not supposed to be auto-created um, or whatever. Anyway, I think I can give myself... I know I can give myself hot flashes. I think I can give myself goosebumps. Anyways, the research doesn't always help a joke, everybody. <laughs> -da 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 -da. The more you know, sometimes not so much. <laughs> sometimes you make it worse. I make it worse by knowing too much. That's the problem with smoking weed. People go, oh, if you smoke weed, you're dumb. And I'm like, no... If I didn't smoke weed, I'd be interminably smart and no one would be able to hang out with me. I'd be such a pretentious douche. Like, imagine me more pretentious than I am already. <laughs> I know. 
Well, somebody give me a t-shirt that says like <laughs> MFA. <laughs> mm. Degrees, they're so dumb. That's what we should do with them now. We should just put them on t-shirts and be like, look, I'm worth something. <laughs> what else do you do with your degrees? Put it, I put them in my kitchen and uh, they kind of collect like bacon grease stuff and it's like, I should probably clean my degrees. <laughs> There's no reason for them. Okay. Uh, that's depressing. Well, we'll just start letting you guys talk because I don't really have a lot to say. I don't want to run old jokes either. I'm just like so bored of my material. Um, but, um, I mean, we don't really, you're supposed to go first because yes, because you have a, because you have a family and a place to go to and children and everything. All right. The tool man is visiting us tonight. Everybody put your hands together for your first comedian, Tim, the tool man, Taylor. Yay. Until you get bored of me, that may be below four minutes. Until all of you are bored, let's hear it for Pam. Woo! Menopause comedy, come on, that is, that's bold, that's courageous. Happy to be here tonight. Hi, I like your hat. Looks good on you. Somehow, without a hat and a hat, you look good. You're a good-looking guy. I think people know that, though, right? So I, I, I actually am talking about getting old. I just turned 53. Oh, very exciting. My primary daily goal is to uh, not pull muscles that I didn't even know I have. Thank you. Yes. I am at that point where it's just, you know, before I get in the shower, I do, I do yoga before I get in the shower because when you step into the shower, it's, it's, I just have to do a couple downward dogs, maybe a few uh, warriors. A little bit, because if I, when I'm in there, full body exfoliation at 53 years old is an extreme sport. You know what I mean? It's like I go down there. I may not get back up, but I, I have to be smooth for the holidays. You know what I'm saying? So I want to look good. I want to be good. I want to smell good. I want to feel good. I want all the goods because everybody's partying for the holidays. You guys party for the holidays? Yeah. Yeah. People drink. In, yeah, do you drink? Do drugs? No, you don't do drugs. You don't. <laughs> we have a drug versus no drug going on here. Yes. What's that? Me too. I did too. I'm sober. I've been sober for a little over 10 years. Thank you. 10 years. Thank you. Thank you. So for most of you, it's like you go out, you party, you get wine, some cheese, maybe a trip to Rio. For me, it's wine, narcotics, and another trip to rehabo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, it's funny. I, I'm a sober guy. I work for wine.com. I'm an alcoholic who works for wine.com. Back in the day, it was like, why are sales down and all the wine is gone? Tim is running the warehouse. Something's going on. Can you guys guess what I was at, what 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 my things that I like to do the kind of drugs or alcohol I like to do can you guess what what, what would you guess Crack. Yes what would you guess Wine. Yes what would you guess Coke. Yes Any other guesses the answer is yes to all of them right cuz I I was an addict I would do all of them you know what I'm saying But my primary one was uh close close to crack it was crystal meth now, <laughs> crystal meth was right behind Coke. Crystal, crystal meth is Coke's dirty ass brother. There's no question about it. 
And I don't know if you guys know about crystal meth, but it's like it's like a core accelerant with a bunch of additives in it, a bunch of crappy additives. It's like the hot dog of drugs. There's just all kinds of random shit thrown into it. And, uh, you know, she, Pam was talking earlier about sweating. It's like I just realized that when I would do coke and, and meth, uh, uh, that was my version of menopause because you just sweat profusely no matter what you do. But crystal meth, um, you know, it, uh, it actually stole all my dreams. It did. Primarily because I never slept when I was on it. <laughs> the old, the old reach around. The old reach around for the crystal meth joke. Crystal meth is the only drug that has a first and last name. It's the only, 